Welcome back to Mark My Words Football Podcast with Rob and Scott. And we're really back in the swing of things of the NFL season. It's what has been a crazy and amazing week three with some great games and really so many games that I would want to talk about. But we'll get into it like we always do with the Buffalo Bills. This week, the Buffalo Bills defeated the Washington Commanders by a score of 37-3. to Rob, what are your thoughts on this game? Yeah, just complete domination by Buffalo two weeks in a row now, beating the Raiders 38-10 to and now the Commanders 37-3, to this time on the road. So initial thoughts here was that the Bills' defense was just too much to handle for Sam Howell, getting sacked nine times and throwing the ball away to the Bills four times with four interceptions. Also had a fumble in the game. So the Commanders just looked completely overwhelmed by this Bills defense, who, to be quite honest, looks a lot better than I thought they would at this point in the year with the new defensive coordinator, Sean McDermott, taking over for Leslie Frazier here. Yeah, the defense certainly impressed, and it's been a bit better than it was the first couple of weeks. Although I think the offense still left a little bit to to be desired for me, even though they scored 37 points. It was not quite as efficient as I'd like. Josh Allen going 20 of 32 for 218 yards, one touchdown, and one pick. I'd like to see just a little bit more from them, especially going to pl- next week to play a team in Miami who just scored 70. You're definitely going to need more. But not that you really needed to press a ton in that game when you're leading by so much. So it, it's kind of one of those games where it's a little bit hard to say for sure. Right, like takeaways from the game, it's like we didn't learn too much about the Bills. I think Commanders, we learned that they were just not at the level that some people were saying, although I think we already kind of knew that to begin with. But, you know, as for the Bills, I think there is a lot to be, you know, taken away from this game in terms of individual performances. With you had, you know, Bernard on the defense just having the game of his career with, you know, two sacks and interception and some key plays and key moments here. I mean, the Bills' defense really has looked very well at this point. And that's going to be a key thing, especially that pass rush, which was really getting after Sam Howell that game. I think that's really important because the only way you're going to stop Tua is if you get him uncomfortable in the pocket. Yeah, absolutely. And Tua's not like an off-the-script kind of guy, so if you're able to shake him, you would definitely are, should be able to contain him as well. And you're really going to have to get to Tua fast, though. He's really, The ball's coming out of his hands at the fastest rate in the NFL right now. Yeah, that's true, which is insane. You know, he has like one of the highest average uh, pass yards per attempt but he also has one of the quickest release times I don't think I've ever seen that before in a season that's just crazy to to kind of reflect on that like the the way that he's doing it is so efficient and it's so productive he's really able to to just strike defenses lethally the Bills are definitely going to have a big challenge there absolutely and you know the Bills although they've looked good over the these three weeks although maybe not in week one they're really going to go up against their first test because, you know, these opponents were not great. The Jets aren't great. The Raiders aren't great. Commanders aren't great. So they have a, they've had these three weeks to kind of compose themselves and get themselves acquainted into real NFL football. We'll see if they're going to be able to continue it next week. And then from there, we got the Green Bay Packers taking on the New Orleans Saints. And this was a game that was completely owned by the New Orleans Saints for the entirety of it until the fourth quarter came where, of course, the Packers came back and won the game by one point. Scott, what are your initial thoughts from this matchup? Yeah, it was a game script that was completely flipped on its head from last week's game for Green Bay, and one that was kind of nice to see from that Green Bay offense. It wasn't until 11 minutes left in the game that they were finally able to get on the scoreboard, which is kind of crazy for the way it ended, coming to back from a 17-0 deficit in the fourth quarter. I mean, 
Love was really able to do some nice things, though, as the game went on, with a couple of really nice deep shots, one to Reed and then one to Dobbs. And also to do this with all the players that they're missing was quite impressive. Yes, I mean, they were missing Aaron Jones, Christian Watson, David Bakhtiari, Elton Jenkins, and Jair Alexander. I mean, those are their best players. Like, if you had to ask me to rank their, like, six best players, those would probably be the players I would I would choose. And they were still able to put on to rally at the end of the game, which is really encouraging. Um, now, you know, obviously you don't want to discredit the Saints and, you know, how well they played for the first three quarters. And Derek Carr getting hurt certainly, you know, changed the momentum of the game. After he went down, you kind of feel the momentum shift over. So, uh, you know, the, I think it's safe to say they probably would have won if Derek Carr had stayed in there. But nonetheless, uh, I really think that this was an encouraging performance for Jordan Love especially because you saw the poise that he was able to have. And that's really one thing to me that stood out from him is not so much his accuracy, although that's been good, or his athletic ability. It's been his poise. He just looks so comfortable. Nothing rattles him, and he was able to completely rally this team down from 17 points to win the game. I mean, as a Packers fan, you have to be extremely happy about what you've seen from Jordan Love and this team so far this year. Yes, and, you know, something you brought up last week was their defense uh, being a bit of a concern, I still think that that is definitely a concern coming down the road here as they allow the Saints to march for a, f- a fair amount of yards in this game. It was kind of a bend-but-don't-break performance here, so them against the Lions on Thursday night in a short week, it's going to be um, quite an interesting matchup between that Lions run game and the Packers run defense. And from here, we transition to the newly instituted segment, the NFL Clown of the Week. Everybody loves the good clown, and now it's time to meet the NFL's Clown of the Week for this week. There's so much clownery in the NFL this week, it was honestly hard for me to pick, and I ended up deciding not on a single person, but on a unit. This week's Clown of the Week is the Jacksonville Jaguars Special Teams. So, the Jaguars Special Teams, they had a missed field goal and a blocked field goal, which are both pretty bad on their own, but... After that, they also allowed a kickoff touchdown. And not just any kickoff touchdown. This kickoff touchdown was by a fullback. And this fullback also had... Hensel became the heaviest player in NFL history to score a kickoff touchdown. Jacksonville Jaguars special teams, you are the clown of the week. I think it might be time to declare that Clown Town is back in Jacksonville here after a disappointing start to the season, and then this to just top it all off. Jaguars special teams definitely deserving of Clown of the Week. And now we transition into the new segment, Do You Vibe With It?, in which we pick a team with good vibes and a team with bad vibes. And I'll get it started off here with a good vibe team. We have the Cleveland Browns. So and it's a pretty uh, big story here. So Nick Chubb obviously getting hurt. We thought he was going to be out for the season, out for his whole career with that you know, you know just horrific knee injury. Turns out we got a dose of good vibes here this week with Cleveland. So they demolished the Titans. Deshaun Watson has his best game of the year, maybe best game in two years, looking really poised, looking really confident, making all the throws. Him and Amari Cooper have a really good connection, which was evident. But we also got good news on Nick Chubb. 
in which he only tore his MCL. I know that would normally seem like bad news, but in the context of that injury and how it looked, we thought it could be much worse. So a six to eight month recovery for Chubb. The Browns are two and one. They're tied for first in the division. So all hope is not certainly not lost. And it's good vibes over there in Cleveland. A very good choice. And for me, my good vibes team this week is the Houston Texans. Ah, yes, my second choice. So, a Houston team that had a lot of really low expectations coming into the season to end up where their offense is looking right now is just so impressive to me. Stroud has been looking just very good out of the gate and actually has the most passing yards for a rookie quarterback through his first three weeks ever. And with offense ranking 18th out of 32 in points for right now, I think it most Texans fans would take that coming into the season with the kind of players they have on that offense and getting a really nice divisional win and actually kind of a beatdown to a team that's really big favorites in that division just really nice and really good vibes in Houston right now yes and I completely agree with that and to play off of that going into the bad vibes teams and for the bad vibes team that I have this week It is the Jacksonville Jaguars who lost to those Houston Texans. So as good as the Texans looked, the Jaguars looked pretty much just as bad, obviously ending up on the Clown of the Week segment with their terrible special teams. But also their offense was awful and their defense was awful as well. Unable to produce really at all um, in the passing game, although Trevor Lawrence did have 280 yards. A lot of that was in garbage time. You had the Jaguars just really look like a lost offense. And this was a team that we all thought would be one of the top contenders, one of the top offensive dogs in the league. I know I had Trevor Lawrence win the MVP this year. So to see them stumble out of the gate and lose to the the Chiefs at home and then drop one to the Houston Texans at home as well is not good vibes over there in Jacksonville. Hopefully they're able to pick it up. And for me this week, my Bad Vibes team is the New York Jets. When it comes to Bad Vibes, I don't think Vibes can get much worse than they are in New York right now. And Zach Wilson can barely do a thing right now. If they had any other option, it feels like they should put that in. And that offense has just looked awful, just so awful this entire season. After Rodgers coming out, going out with an injury on the, their first drive of the season, in only 42 points so far through three weeks that is ranked dead last in the NFL their defense just cannot prop them up anymore this year it seems even though it's as good as it is it's still not nearly enough to cover for just the terrible play of Zach Wilson and just to top it off they've lost just their 15th straight game to New England yet again and really shouldn't have even been as close as they were in that game New England let them stick around longer than they should have agreed but for me my bad vibe team is the New York Jets. Yeah, I completely agree with everything you just said there. And the Jets now just signing Trevor Simeon. Maybe he will come in and take over for Zach Wilson. But I completely agree. Bad vibes in New York. And from here, we'll transition to our week four game picks. And last week, just to recap a little bit, Scott having a very good week going on a tear, 13-3 and three with his picks, bringing him up to an overall record of 30-18. and 18. And I went 9-7. and seven. Um, and all the games I differed, uh, that we differed on, seems like he got them right, I got them wrong, and my overall 26 and 22 on the year. So hoping to improve and gain some ground on old Scotty boy. But now we go into week four picks, starting with the Detroit Lions taking on the Green Bay Packers on Thursday night football. This ought to be a fun game. And who do you have winning this divisional matchup? I have the Lions winning in this one. 
and I do as well. Yeah, but this one should be such a fun game, one I'm really, really looking forward to seeing and should tell a lot about this division or have somebody really get a leg up on this division this year. Yeah, all the teams, you know, you have kind of a, a tale of, of two halves here um, with the Vikings and the Bears down at the bottom just looking completely lifeless. And you have Green Bay and Detroit as kind of young, hopeful teams that, you know, a lot of people may have put under the radar this year. And this is going to be a really fun matchup. I think you're going to see a lot of offense, expect a high-scoring shootout, and may the best team win. I think Detroit is going to give Green Bay some problems with their pass rush, which I think is better than New Orleans. And we'll see if uh, Green Bay's playmakers will be fully available and healthy for this game. And then you got the Atlanta Falcons taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars in what is now a little bit more of an interesting matchup. Who do you have winning this game? I have the Jacksonville Jaguars winning in this one. And I do as well. Yeah, I've got the uh, London game. So I wonder if that could play any effect in uh, the score of this one. I mean, Jacksonville coming off a really rough loss to Houston and then another loss to Kansas City. You, you're kind of wondering, are they as good as we thought they were? Yeah. But I do believe that Jacksonville's going to get a good rebound loss against the Falcons team that I do like as well. Yes, and the Falcons looked really good, at least their offense did, against Green Bay. Very dynamic, a lot of trick plays, a lot of motion in the backfield. They really like using B. John Robinson in a multitude of ways. And they got a lot of good playmakers there. But they really were suffocated against the Detroit Lions last week. And the Jaguars' home turf seems like is in London more than anywhere else. So I do think that will give them an advantage. And from there, you have a battle between two struggling teams, two 0-3 teams here, the Denver Broncos and the Chicago Bears in Chicago. Who do you think wins this matchup? I have Denver winning in this one. And I do as well, although you really, whoever you pick, I'm really not going to trust them to pull through. And both coming off of just absolutely awful, yeah. awful games this week. Yeah. Chicago getting demolished by Kansas City, and then Denver just losing historic fashion to Miami. Yes, and just completely... For the Broncos, a complete flip of last year in which you had one of the best defenses, in, if not the best defense in the league last year, doing some historic things, and an offense that was really sputtering and not able to do anything. This year, the offense looks pretty good, I would say, and the defense just looks atrocious. Maybe it's been the worst defense in the league so far. And for the Bears, you know, just playing as they are, as they were last year, the worst team in the league. And I just think that, you know, Russell Wilson and Sean Payton are a better duo to me than Justin Fields and Matt Eberflus. So I think that will, you know, the Broncos should be able to take the Bears down. And then you have the Baltimore Ravens taking on the Cleveland Browns in this AFC North battle. Who wins it? I have the Browns winning in this one. And I do as well. It's a lot of, a lot, a lot of injuries for the Ravens this, this year, as it seems like there is almost every year. Yeah. And I did really like what I saw from the Browns last week. One of the best games, that, the best game that Watson's had so far this year, and holding Tennessee to under 100 yards of offense, like, that's just crazy. It's insane. Cleveland's defense is on just a historic pace right now with how good they've done so far. Yeah, I mean, Jim Schwartz has really worked miracles for this defense, and Going back to last year, I thought they had a good defensive roster. This year, I, I was really excited to see what they could do with the new defensive coordinator. And that D-line with Miles Garrett and Zadarius Smith and Delvin Tomlinson right in the middle, that is a really good offensive line, or defensive line, rather. Get pressure on almost every play with those two elite pass rushers. And then their secondary is you know gives them the time to be able to do that. So against a Lamar Jackson's-led Ravens team who just lost one at home to the Colts. I'm definitely taking the Browns to win this game here. 
And I do think it'll be maybe a little bit more lower scoring than some people might think. And then you have the Cincinnati Bengals taking on the Tennessee Titans. Bengals coming off a close win versus the Rams. The Titans getting blown out by the Browns. Who wins in this matchup? I have the Bengals winning in this one. And I do as well. Yeah, maybe the Bengals will continue to get right on their season. Although they got a win out, they still didn't look that great versus the Rams. Yes, a lot of mistakes that could certainly be cleaned up. And this is kind of what we expect from Cincinnati every year. For the past couple of years now, they've started slow. But hopefully they are able to pick it up with Joe Burrow getting healthier by the week. Tennessee, on the other hand, is looking very lifeless on the offense. But I do expect them to keep it close here with Cincinnati. And then you have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers taking on the New Orleans Saints in an AFC South Divisional matchup. Who do you have for taking this game? I have the Buccaneers winning in this one. Dang, I was surprised, and I do as well. Yeah, we've been having some Bucks love here for Baker Mayfield. Yeah, I know. Me? He's hard not to root for. What can you say? I mean, definitely. I've, I've, I have really liked what I've seen so far from them. Lots of people were super low on them, but they've looked decent so far. Yeah, and, and maybe even with an upside of explosiveness as well. And I know I picked the Bucks for my underdog lock of the week last week, and I got burned. But it doesn't uh, lessen my belief in the Buccaneers. You know, they're going up, up against a really good team and the first major challenge they've had this year. And I still really like what I see from Tampa Bay. I think they'll be able to get the job done here. Yeah. And, you know, do you think Derek Carr or Jameis Winston playing will play into the, your decision on this game at all? I mean, it could. I, I have been a fan of Winston over the years, but it looks like no Derek Carr for this one. I think it does play a little bit into my decision of this one. Yeah, I mean, these two teams, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how it all shakes out at the end of the season. But this will give us a little bit of early insight here. And then you have the Washington Commanders taking on the Philadelphia Eagles in Philadelphia. And who takes this matchup? Are the Eagles winning this one? As I do as well. And Sam Howell just against the Bills looked completely dismayed and the offensive line of the of the commanders wasn't all that terrible to me but it was more Sam Howell holding out of the ball for way too long and just not looking comfortable in the pocket at all I, I really wish I had marked my words the week before because now it doesn't feel as good because many people were really giving Sam Howell a lot of credit and but I'll, th- I'll throw Mike Marwitz anyway just in case people still are then mark go. my words that Sam Howell will be out as a quarterback by the end of the year, and nobody will be looking at him as a starting quarterback anymore. So you're saying he gets benched at some time during yes. this year? Yes, by the end of the season he'll be looked at very poorly. All right. <laughs> That's the mark of my words from Scott. And you know what? I, I, Sam Howell is – Sam Howell is – I like him, you know, to be honest. You know, from what I've seen, he seems kind of like – he's kind of got Baker Mayfield vibes, uh, maybe with a, a little bit more arm talent, dare I say. But, you know, he just looked like he was in over his head against the Bills, and hopefully he'll be able to pick it back up, but not this game. I think the Eagles' pass rush is, is even better than the Bills, and so he'll struggle, and the Eagles should be able to get this win. And then you have the Minnesota Vikings taking on the Carolina Panthers in Carolina, the battle of two 0-3 teams. Who takes this one? I have the Vikings winning in this one. As do I. And the Vikings with an almost completely different script of last year, with all three games they've lost so far being one-score games when they won 11-0 and in one-score games last year. Gee, who could have saw it coming? <laughs> I don't know, maybe everybody. <laughs> but, yeah, the Vikings playing, I think, to their level this year rather than getting quite fortuitous uh, last year. And the Panthers with Andy Dalton didn't look all that bad last week, but, you know, I just think the Vikings overall just have more weapons on the offense and they're just a more set-up team um, than Carolina. 
Yeah, and, and Kirk Cousins throwing for over 300 yards in all three games so far. Like yeah. that, That's just so impressive for him. Statistically, Kirk Cousins has probably been the best or second-best quarterback this year with his stats every week. And right now he'd be on pace to like s- smash records right. in terms of yardage. Right, but that's just that's kind of what you – you know, that's why Kirk Cousins, you know, people always say you can't you can't just look at the stats, right? Because if we did, Kirk Cousins would be a Hall of Famer. Right. But it's, you know, it's more, it's about clutch. It's about performing in the big moments, and which he's just not able to do. But, yeah, you know, in terms of fantasy, absolutely, Kirk Cousins is a great quarterback. But, you know, in these, these actual big games, these big moments, he's just not able to deliver. And then you have the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Houston Texans. Texans coming off a nice win versus the Jaguars. Steelers beating the Raven, uh, the Raiders. Who do you have winning this game? Are the Texans winning this one? And I thought you might. Um, and I I have the Steelers taking this game. Yeah, I mean, you got to come with a little bit of off the board one sometimes. I mean, I picked the Texans to be my good vibes team. We might as well continue it. Yes, and I wouldn't be surprised if they took this game. The Steelers not looking as good as at least I had thought. Maybe looking as good as you had thought. But I picked the Steelers to win the AFC North, a pick that I still stand by. And, you know, I think they're they're going to be able to beat this Texans team. The, the Pittsburgh Steelers very hard-nosed team. They'll always have the best coach in the matchup, which is encouraging. And, you know, I just think they're a, a more put-together team than Houston. And then you have the Las Vegas Raiders taking on the Los Angeles Chargers in an AFC West matchup. And who will win this game? Are the Chargers winning this one? I do as well. And the Chargers finally got their first win last week, and they almost wanted the Charger away so badly, too. Yes, of course. But, yeah, I mean, they, they, they probably would have charged it away if they weren't facing the Minnesota Vikings. Very true, very true. To be fair. Yeah, the Chargers, despite, you know, my criticisms of them, they do have a very talented team, although Mike Williams going down out for the year. We'll see how much that comes into play here. But they do have more than enough depth on that wide receiver chart with Quentin Jefferson so they should be able to take down the Raiders. And then you have the New England Patriots versus the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys dialing up their F game against the Arizona Cardinals. And the New England Patriots taking on the Jets. Who wins this matchup? I have the Cowboys winning in this one. And I do as well, but very tentatively. I highly consider picking the Patriots here. I wouldn't know that I really consider picking the Patriots too much, but it does seem like everything we knew about the Cowboys last week would just flipped on its head when Arizona just was able to do what they want on offense and put up total 400 yards of total offense while Josh Dobbs only had four incompletions. Right. Dobbs, is, he looks like a guy. Like, he looks like he could do some damage. Although, I mean, the Cowboys did really put the, the nail in their own coffin this week as they fouled in the red zone three times. Right. One right. being turnover on downs, one sidling for a field goal, and then one on on the final drive of the game with a Dak interception. And to me, that really highlights the difference between Kellen Moore running this offense and Mike McCarthy. Whereas at this point last year, we were all marveling at how good the Cowboys' red zone offense was. This week, this year, it's an t- entirely different story with the Cowboys really struggling in the red zone, especially in this game. And to lose against a Cardinals team who everyone considers to be one of the worst in the league, even if they are a little bit feisty, it's just inexcusable, um, and you know Cowboys fans are probably left feeling like you know is this the same Cowboys team we get every year? So they really need to pick it up and improve themselves against a good Patriots team, at least a good Patriots defense. And then you have the Arizona Cardinals taking on the San Francisco 49ers, and who wins this divisional matchup? Are the 49ers winning this one? As do I. The 49ers had a nice beatdown win on the Giants last week, and I feel like it should be some similar vibes to this one. Yes, even though the Cardinals are good, they tend to hang around in there. I think it's going to be a lot closer game than people expect. 
you know, I would definitely take Cardinals money on this game. They're 14-point underdogs. No way they lose by 14. The Cardinals have shown that they can stick around with some teams that are perceived to be better than them. So. No, I think the Cardinals still could lose by that. I think they may come a little bit more back to earth on their uh, predictions. I do not. I do not at all. I mean, I, mm, I'm not going to say it, but beware of the Cardinals in this game. Beware of the Cardinals. And then you have the Kansas City Chiefs taking on the New York Jets. Oof. And uh, who do you got in this game? I have the Chiefs winning in this one. I do as well. And, you know, in contrast to the other game, I think the Chiefs are going to blow the Jets out here. Yeah, definitely. I mean, last year, or last last game at the half, the Jets were held to only 10 passing yards and 39 total yards. And the Chiefs just massacred the Bears, and I could really assume something similar could happen this week. Yes, I agree. And then for the Monday night game, you got the Seattle Seahawks as underdogs, surprisingly, facing the New York Giants. And who do you have taking this game? I have the Seahawks winning in this one. Yeah, I do as well. You know, the Seahawks, a week one scare, losing to the Rams. But, you know, we were deciding whether we were going to take that seriously or not. I think they've kind of proven that that was just kind of a week one fluke, as they would say. So I think Seattle will take care of the Giants quite easily in this game. I'm still not completely convinced on the Seahawks myself, but I, I do believe they'll win. And that does it for our Week 4 picks. And now we go on to our underdog locks of the week. So last week, I picked the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and was incorrect. I'm now 0-2 on lock of the week. It's turning into more of a curse rather than a lock. Whereas Scott got his pick right, picking the Steelers for his lock of the week. And this week, well, Scott, why don't you take it away? This week, my underdog lock of the week is the Los Angeles Rams. Los Angeles Rams were coming off a loss to the Bengals last week, but they didn't look quite as good, but I think did look very good in the first two weeks, and I'm pretty confident in this one as an underdog lock facing the Indianapolis Colts. And I agree with that. I also have the Rams winning in this game, and they've definitely been the team that's probably surprised me the most this year out of any other team coming out of the gate. And for me, I'm going to have to go with my underdog lock, the Miami Dolphins over the Buffalo Bills. So Miami, of course, putting up a historic 70 points last week and not just doing it through the air. You had Tua, of course, with over 300 yards and four touchdowns, but you also had Devon A. Kane, a guy that maybe at least I had never heard of going into this game, running for over 200 yards and two touchdowns, and Raheem Mostert going for 82 yards and three touchdowns on the ground. So Miami right now, I think they're just too hot to stop. I don't think any team could stop them at this particular moment. And I think they're going to go into Buffalo and just rain down the points on the Bills here. Yeah, I, I think that was a nice pick there. I also have the Dolphins winning in this game. But next up, we'll transition to our next segment. Rob's Fantasy Starts and Sits. So why don't you tell the folks how we did last week, Rob? Yeah, so last week was a little bit better than the week before, but not all that great. So for my Fantasy Sits, I had Deshaun Watson. And he had a, quite a good performance as we mentioned earlier, over the Titans, and wound up as the 10th ranked quarterback, so I'll take a loss on that one. And then I also had Darnell Mooney as my sit of the week, and this one was as good as you can get. He did play in this game, but he had zero catches for zero yards and zero fantasy points. Then for my starts of the week, I had Texans wide receiver Nico Collins, who is ranked as the 7th best wide receiver throughout three weeks, a guy that maybe not a lot of people have heard of. And he turns out to have kind of a dud of a week, even though the Texans score big here, ranking as the 70th ranked receiver. And then I had Josh Jacobs for my other start of the week. 
as he had negative two yards against the Bills the previous week. I thought he would have a nice bounce back week, but he ended up having a mediocre performance at the 22 ranked RB. So this week, hoping to improve from last week's picks, I'll start with the sits. So fantasy sit number one this week, I have Ramondre Stevenson going up against a tough Dallas defense here. I think Dallas has one of the best defenses in the league. They're really speedy. They're really going to go after Mac Jones. And they're going to leave. The Patriots are going to try to run the ball, but Dallas knows that they can't do that. They're, they can't have much of a passing game, so they're going to really invest in that. And it feels also like this is a Zeke revenge game, right? Ezekiel Elliott going up against his former team. I think he's probably going to split carries a little bit more with Ramondre, so I would definitely sit Ramondre Stevenson. And for my second set of the week, I have wide receiver Garrett Wilson of the New York Jets. So unfortunately, Garrett Wilson probably suffers the most from the Aaron Rodgers injury. A guy who maybe you would pick in your fantasy leagues to be a wide receiver one is now, I would say, not even a startable wide receiver against tougher defenses. And as the Jets are going up against the KC defense, Garrett Wilson is a no start for me. And then my start to the week is begins with Lions tight end Sam Laporta. So Sam Laporta, rookie tight end for the Detroit Lions, having a pretty good season so far. I really like this guy. Has a lot of talent. It seems like he is the tight end that Kyle Pitts was going to be. We all thought he was going to be the big tight end. It turns out maybe that Sam Laporta is that guy. And he's facing a Packers defense who is a little bit weak in the middle, as I had said. And Devondre Campbell is going to probably be out for this game. So that's their best coverage linebacker. I think Laporta exposes the middle of that defense. And for my starts of the week, I have both. I have a two-and-one here. Start both of the Dolphins running backs, Raheem Mostert and Devon Akane, against a, a weak Bills run defense. So a weak, I say that as the weak point of the Bills defense, if they even have a weak spot at all. I think it is the run game. They're going to focus on that shell coverage to try and stop Tua and Hill and Waddle over the top, which will leave the middle open big time. And I think both of these running backs are must-starts this week. Some very nice picks there. And from there, we go into the Scott's Parlay of the Week. This is absolute gold as Scott's been on a roll. Yeah, we had a good start to the season so far, going 2-1 and one in the parlays. Last week, we won with getting wins from the Steelers, Browns, and Lions. This week, my week four parlay of the week is the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Miami Dolphins, and the LA Rams, each on the money line. Getting both the Dolphins and Rams at plus money here is just insane value, I think, and just can't miss betting. And for the Jaguars, you get a pretty good number on them as well. So for this week, bet the Jacksonville Jaguars, Miami Dolphins, and LA Rams on the money line. Yeah, a lot of favorable matchups here. I really like this parlay. The Jags in London, very good. And the fact that you get Miami Dolphins for underdog money is really good as well. So absolutely love that parlay. It's absolutely insane value for a team that just put up 70 points the week before. Exactly, exactly. How can you not take it? And that should conclude for Mark My Words for this week. We thank you all greatly for listening. We appreciate your viewership. We feel free to share it with anyone that you think may be interested and subscribe and follow us. We are on all platforms. And this has been Mark My Words Football Podcast with Rob and Scott. And we are tuning out.